Hello and welcome to the third episode of Films of the Week with your host, James on Affinity Cast. I would like to start this podcast by first apologising for the nasally um, voice I have at the moment. I'm really suffering from hay fever, but I still want to give you uh, the weekly podcast for this week. Uh, and this week's podcast is going to be Baby Driver, uh, which is a 2017 release film. And the second film is going to be What Happens to Monday, which is a Netflix original uh, 2017 release film as well. Uh, both these films are action films, uh, and I would highly recommend you taking the time to watch both of these. I mean, it's quite clear that Baby Driver is a much more popular film than what has, what happened to Monday. But I want to give you a chance to relive uh, Baby Driver and also re-enjoy it, because to me it's one of the best films of 2017, and is very stylistically amazing, as well as the acting, as well as the plot and the narrative. So yeah, that's why I would highly recommend this film. So let's start with Baby Driver, because I've briefly touched on it. Uh, the reason I wanted to bring Baby Driver to uh, you this week is because it's a film that is getting a sequel soon, and I would highly recommend you watching this film if you definitely haven't seen the first film, which I'm pretty certain most of you, most of you have, because it's, it's a really, really stylistically amazing and also very good heist and kind of driving film with a good solid plot and a good solid narrative to the film and it stars uh, John Hamm, uh, Kevin Spacey, Lily James and a few other other noticeable faces um, within the narrative of the film and it's it's so good being directed and written by Edgar Wright uh, who obviously did uh, all of the Shaun of the Dead uh, and the Cornetta trilogy so World's End and also Hot Fuzz but this this film is so incredible and if you know Edgar Wright as a writer and, and or a director you'll know what sort of uh, thing you're letting yourself in for because Edgar Wright is is just incredible at what he does which is matching a stylistic um, narrative with a really coherent and realistic plot and it, it's incredible and there's the use of music use of colors and also the use of narrative points is is so strong within this film so Baby Driver is a film about a getaway driver uh, whose name is Baby, hence has the name Baby Driver. Uh, and he's a part of a small crew that is hitting uh, loads of banks and is working towards a big score to be able to make sure that everyone retires. However, the, the little plot twist is that Baby isn't doing it for the money. He's doing it because he owes the heist coordinator, Kevin Spacey's character, a lot of money. So he gives Kevin Spacey his share every time because... Uh, you, you find out that Baby uh, stole his car and ended up destroying it. Uh, so therefore he's having to repay this gangster uh, a, uh, a salary every time he does a heist for him. And it's working towards the last heist until he's fully paid off and he's able to not look over his shoulder and worry about having to, to fight against Kevin Spacey's crew and get into trouble because he has a, an uncle who is very vulnerable and he's trying to protect the what people he loves from Kevin Spacey's uh, crew because it could cause him a lot of damage and could kill him or could leave his uncle uh, without uh, someone looking after him. So yeah, he, he ends up um, having to, to do all the driving because he's an incredible stunt driver and there's a lot of elements within and out of the film that highlights how great he is. I mean, the opening sequence for this film involving uh, Baby, which is the name of the, the main character, 
uh, sitting there in in the car outside a bank, and he put the radio, puts the radio on, and the match cut between the audio um, drumming and also the, all the audio pieces with the narrative is so strong, and it it highlights how, what Edgar Wright is all about is the stylistic blend between the visual and the audio means. And as I said, it opens up with Baby in the car and the rest of the crew in the car. They get out and the baby, the tune that Baby's playing starts to play and kind of narrate the action that's happening all around him. He's drumming on the steering wheel and just trying to get in the mood. And then the crew end up getting into the car and then uh, Baby ends up trying to get away from the police and using all his amazing driving skills to his benefit to get away from the eight to ten cars that are chasing him down uh, and it's also beautifully well crafted there's a shot involving a kind of u-turn skid where the car misses the camera by about a few inches and it goes straight over the bridge and there's just so much going on visual from a visual standpoint and uh, from a storytelling point standpoint all the people within the car are just trying to get to grips with what's happening around them he's baby's able to um, stop the police from deploying their um, nail gun things that puncture the tires by skidding and knocking them into another path he's able to lose the cops down alleyways and and using his amazing skills be able to get to the uh, parking lot and switch cars and then they end up getting away from the police and the whole narrative follows baby as he's grown from this socially awkward and just quiet character and he finds love in a waitress working at a local diner and he ends up growing it as a character and growing as a person through the narrative of the film and there's a lot of um, relationship uh, growth within the narrative of this film involving Kevin Spacey and uh, the lead character in Baby and also between him, uh, Baby himself and the, the rest of the crew and I mean Jamie Foxx's character within the film is so hated and you can see from the rest of the crew that he's only there because he's the muscle of the group and the way that he interacts with all of the other characters is, is just so great and I, I think that this is one of the best heist films I've seen in a very very long time I mean maybe it's slightly worse than the Oceans 11 and 12 but I really really love Baby Driver as a film and I've sort of touched on why I love Baby Driver as a film uh, I really really enjoy all of the camera work and also all of the editing techniques within the narrative of this film I mean there's a really really beautiful point when baby leaves the heist location and ends up trying to get coffee and the music that's being played in the background is written in graffiti uh, along the whole tracking shot so every time the lyrics come up it was somewhere within the visual scene uh, so whether baby's crossing the road and it's written on the ground whether it's written on the walls or on the side of a bus or a car or someone's writing it somewhere and it, it's all really beautiful and seamless it almost seems like a music video as baby's walking out of this place and he's walking to the coffee shop and I just I just love it and there's so many of those really beautifully well edited and really well thought out scenes within the film I touched on the the getaway driving for the first bit and the the beautiful blend of the visual aspect with the music and that's what Edgar Wright does so well is being able to create a cohesive scene from start to finish and that's in all of his work from uh, him in spaced with uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, as well as all of the Shaun the Deads, the Hot Fuzz, 
and all the other Cornetto uh, films that he, he's done before this. And that's a very stylistic and very unique uh, visual standpoint that he does, he brings, and he also adds to the vast majority of his, of his films. And doing some reading into what some of the crew uh, from some of his other films have said, he's a very, very hands-on director. He wants to be involved with all of the elements from the editing through to the script writing, through to the visual standpoints and also the camera work. And that's something that is not as common as you would probably think within a, as a director. He has a very hands-on uh, role. He wants to be able to make sure that everyone has the same vision as him because he wants them to enjoy making this film as much as he is enjoying making this film. And it comes across, it comes across with the actors, it comes across with the behind the scenes, it also comes across with the amount of people that enjoy working with him. And the shared vision that they all have is, is so strong and I think that anyone out there who wants to read into Edgar Wright and where he comes from and his stylistic choices then, then feel free, it's all, it's all on the internet. Another reason why I really enjoy Baby Driver is it's not as action-packed uh, as you would probably think a Heistwood film film would be. It's very grounded, and any of you out there who knows what I'm like, I like grounded feel in films. And this film is, is so solid from, from all the aspects and relationship that Baby has with his, his uncle, through to the relationship that he ends up performing with Kevin Spacey's character, as well as all of the silly little quirks like the Michael Myers uh, scene. So. They, they go on a heist and one of the people was asked to bring Mike Myers masks which is the Halloween Mike Myers but he ended up bringing the actor Mike Myers um, face masks to the, the heist scene. There's this little comedic elements that are interwoven into the narrative but doesn't take away from the serious nature of what's happening so they're going to rob a bank, they're going to kill people, they're going to end up uh, battling against the police, they're going to have to end up going on a massive car chase scene. Whatever it may be, those, those comedic elements are really well placed and it's a really big staple within most modern films nowadays. There's a need for comedic elements and there's a need for people to be able to have a little laugh, a little side joke, a little moment that kind of takes the tension away from what's happening to the characters and what's happening so you could interweave a comedic element into your film. I mean the perfect example of this is the Star-Lord fight in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because the, the whole world is about to be destroyed by uh, him but if he just puts his staff in the ground but they end up having a dance battle in the middle of uh, a crater that he's caused and it's just those silly elements that diffuse all the tension, diffuse all the power, which is a staple for most modern films at the moment. There needs to be that little bit of comedic elements uh, within a film. And that's a very stylistic choice and it's something that Edgar Wright is very smart with. I mean, with all of his work, he's mainly worked within comedic films, whereas Baby Driver's slight deviant away from that. It goes more into an action film rather than having all of the characters and actors be funny. He's written the script to make them slightly funny and have silly moments within it. And I think that comes across with the amount of support the critics gave it. I mean, it managed to get itself nominated for three Oscars at the 2018 Academy Awards, uh, including Best Achievement for Film Editing, uh, best Achievement for Sound Mixing and also Best Achievement for Sound Editing. I mean, from a standpoint, that that's incredible that a film like this, which is all action-based and you would think would have gunfire, car tire screeching and all, all those elements, would manage to get itself nominated for three Oscars from a technical standpoint. 
and that's something that isn't normally given to these sorts of films. It's normally given to the stylistic, like your Romas, like your Parasites, uh, like your uh, biopic films. The, the score is the soul behind the film, as well as the narrative, and it's interwoven. But for a film that is solely an action film to be nominated for Best Editing, Best Sound Mix and Sound Editing, it just highlights to me why this film is amazing. I mean, it also won a few BAFTA awards for Best Editing, uh, for Best Sound. It also got nominated for Screen Guild uh, Awards for Outstanding Performance uh, for Stunt Drivers, uh, for their many, many stunt drivers within the film. Uh, it also managed to get itself nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Action of uh, adventure film uh, in 2018 and there's so many awards that it managed to get itself nominated for, for. and these aren't just solely the top tier uh, film awards like your Oscars, your BAFTAs and stuff like that it's the Screen Guild Awards and also the Saturn Awards which are the step below but are still incredible awards for a film like this to be able to win and I mean, as you can guess, this film probably got loads of high ratings and I like to go through IMDb, Rotten Tomato and Metacritic and across the board it managed to get a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb and 92% on Rotten Tomato and also an 86% on Metacritic and all of those critics and uh, casual viewers uh, of the film have given it great scores. I mean, IMDb is mainly uh, a user-submitted uh, review company, so obviously anyone who wants to write a review puts it on there. Rotten Tomato Metacritics are solely critics, so the critics love this film from a stylistic point of view and also from a narrative point of view. And it, I, I just really enjoy it, um, and I, I really can't wait for the second film to come out. I think it's coming out in the next year or so, which, which will be incredible and I really think that you, you need to watch this film before it comes out because you'll really want to go and see ba uh, Baby Driver 2 when it does come out. In doing some more reading into this film, uh, I found out that Edgar Wright never actually gave uh, all of the crew the full script. So Bats, uh, who is Jamie Foxx's character, only got the scenes that he was involved in, so which was towards the end of the film, which is the most important bits, but he never saw how the film started. Uh, and Kevin Spacey's character only got his own scenes and also uh, Edgar Wright didn't want to spoil anything and that's a really cool aspect is that the characters own sorry the actors only learnt what the characters knew uh, rather than what all of the uh, audience members will see so Edgar Wright's full vision was only being shared between him and all the technical standpoints because the shooting script has had the entire script uh, on it whereas all the actors had their own versions and basically only knew what um, the scenes they were in involved. Uh, so whether them talking to each other, whether uh, it's Baby uh, ends up having to talk to Lily James's character at the diner, or his interaction with his uh, uncle. They only knew what the characters knew, which is a really nice element, I feel. Okay, well that's about all the time I have for Baby Driver today. So if you wanted to watch it, it is on Netflix, so you will need a subscription. But if you did, you don't have Netflix, then you'll be able to rent this from any of your other streaming platforms. And it might even be on TV uh, again, because it seems to be hitting the circulation uh, on Sky Arts or even Film 4 uh, towards the end of these uh, months. So yeah, it's, it is around, so if you just keep your eye out, you'll be able to watch it. So after this little break, I'm going to be talking to you about a Netflix original film, uh, which is What Happened to Monday, which is a little bit different to Baby Driver. It's more of a science fiction action uh, film, but I think you should 
really take the time to watch it because it's really well shot and it's also got a really good narrative to it. Welcome back to the second part of this podcast. I'd like to now talk to you about what happened to Monday. Uh, what happened to Monday is a science fiction action film, which is a Netflix original led film. So you will only be able to watch it on Netflix, I'm afraid. So any of you out there who don't don't have it, I'm sorry, you, you won't be able to watch it without a subscription. So it, it, the synopsis reads, in a world where families are limited to one child due to over, overpopulation, a set of identical set tuplets as uh, seven children have to try and live their lives without the government knowing that they are all um, identical septuplets. Uh, so each one of them is allocated a different day as their name. So Monday through to Sunday, uh, so that's seven children, seven names. So the name of the film is What Happened to Monday? So Monday is captured by the government and is taken away so that the rest of the family have to work together to try and find out what happened to Monday uh, before she's either killed, captured, taken away or put to sleep, which is what um, the what normally happens to anyone who has uh, more than one child. So that's, that's the whole point of the film. It's set in uh, the far future, so maybe a couple of hundred years from now when population in on Earth is exceeding its means and they need to basically limit the amount of children and the amount of people in the world. So the whole world is coming together to limit the amount of people uh, inhabiting Earth. So it stars um, Norma uh, Rapace as Monday to, sun uh, to Sunday, so all she plays all of the characters within the film, which is a massive thing, because then she had to play seven characters within one film, and each one of them had to be a different person and different character and different uh, stereotypes to them. It also stars uh, Glenn Close uh, and also William Defoe, who play two of the bigger characters within the, the film. Uh, William, William Defoe plays the father to Monday to Sunday, uh, and Glenn Close also plays the villain or the antagonist within the narrative of the film. So she's there to try and make sure that the world isn't dying down due to overpopulation and being able to look after uh, all of the citizens that are in her city uh, and under her control because she's the mayor or the, the queen, shall I say, of the, the entire city. I firstly want to talk about how shocking this film was for me. I remember downloading it onto my iPad because uh, I was heading back home from university and just wanted to have a, a film to watch on the train on the way back. And I, I was watching it and I was really, really surprised with how amazing it all was. I, I didn't know the budget, I didn't know the cast or really too much about the plot. I only watched the trailer, but it's a film that has a lots of twists and turns within the film. And you think it's going to go one way and then it twists into another way. And there's a lot of spoilers that I could be putting out there to, to you. But I'll, I'll be avoiding them, obviously, because uh, what's the point of watching a film if you know all of the spoilers? But it's a film that really shocked me and it made my hair stand on edge when I was watching the finale to this film and it, it still sticks with me and it's a film that I haven't really highlighted too much to other people to watch because I've kind of forgotten about it but looking to do some research before this podcast is a film that I was like oh my god how have I not talked about this yet I mean I'm 13 episodes in and I still haven't mentioned this film and I think that 
it kind of flows under that radar uh, of people's radar because there's so much content out there that for people to watch from Netflix original films uh, like Lovebirds through to some older films like Goodwill Hunting that are classic films that people would rather watch than trying to find something new to watch like what happened on Monday and this is a film that I, I would really highly recommend you watching because it's it's great and it has a lot of good visual standpoints uh, which I'll head into now. So as I was saying this film has got a very very good technical um, background to it. There's a lot of great scene work and also green screen work within the film. So when the the family all sat around the table, all eight of them including William Defoe's character, there's a lot of CGI work having to be used into that because the actress was having to play all seven other characters at once. So she from reading into it she used to she she just did each character in chronological order so it was easier for her to be able to shoot things so she shot all the scenes as Monday then shot all the scenes as Tuesday and then went all the way through to Sunday and each one of those um, characters has a different personality to it so for example Wednesday is the uh, tech uh, woman and then Sunday is the more army grizzled muscular sort of woman who is very authoritative and very commanding despite her being um, Sunday which is the last born and obviously the youngest there's a lot of those different character elements within the film and that's the main selling point for me is that the work Naomi did for all of these characters because each one of them stands alone as a solid character and it's bad enough having to do one character as an actor but to be able to do seven characters is is gotta put tip my hat off and it's an incredible feat of acting for her to be able to do that so as i say from a technical standpoint the amount of green screen work in this film is is faultless and there's a lot of work involving when they leave the the actual sets so for example there was a set of a house when they leave the house and end up trying to run away uh, a little bit of a spoiler but they end up running away that's all being put onto a green screen and there's all of this action that's happening on one of the biggest green screen sets in America and it's all incredible and it it's a little um, futuristic um, little unrealistic but as from a narrative point of view and being able to set the scene for 2173 which is roughly when this was this film feels genuine it feels real and it makes you want to side with the the family because they're they're all trying to escape they're all trying to live their life and it's bad enough that they've all lived one seventh of the normal life because each one of them has a set day that they're able to go out and interact and go to school and learn and obviously have a relationship and all those elements and it's really weird to think that for 21 years or 23 years i can't remember how old the characters are supposed to be they've been living one seventh for their life so monday's only been allowed out on monday and sunday's been allowed to party uh, which is a very different thing because obviously the characters have ex different experiences within the film so saturday has been out on more parties might have slept with more people might have had more relationships and been able to have fun because saturday and sundays were seen as the relaxing days whereas monday to friday been going to school been learning getting more intelligent and been able to be more academically successful and it's it's a really cool concept for me to be able to deep dive into which is the psychological uh, knowledge and growth that all the characters go through despite being the same family they all learn different aspects and all learn different things because they've only lived one seventh of their life 
and in a very saturated world of uh, videos and films and things like that being able to step out of the norm and being able to step into something different is always appreciated for the vast majority of film viewers and critics alike out there because everything can get a bit samey you can have fast and furious uh, 15 or whatever with loads of guns cars blowing up some muscle men lifting things and unreali unrealistic standpoints being able to come up with a new innovative film which is fresh uh, for a Rotten Tomatoes standpoint and also being able to entertain an audience and being able to f for them to think on a deeper level is always appreciated in my eyes and I think that this film does touch on that it, it can be and it is a little bit um, action-packed there is gunfire there's um, a bit of a war but if you take a step back from a standpoint of the narrative it's so strong and if you just read it and you just want to analyze it there's so many elements within the film that's very thought-provoking and if you want to watch it more than once you'll see different things that you didn't see before and that's what I really enjoy with, with films, is being able to analyse things and be able to point things out and discuss certain elements within the narrative of films uh, to, with other people from all different demographics, different ways of decoding a film. And I, I really appreciate films that offer that to an audience. And looking into the ratings that this film got, it managed to get itself a 6.9 on IMDb, which is obviously fans and also normal people uh, analysing it and obviously giving it a grade. It got itself a 60% on Rotten Tomato, which isn't too bad. It's It could be it's a little low for what I think this film is, and it could be higher. But getting a 4 out of 5 for Empire highlights to me what this film should be, which is an appreciated film for what it is. I mean, as I said earlier, it, it managed to win itself a few awards uh, at the international film festivals uh, for the grand prizes for the director and obviously a few other awards within the visual aspects of the film because it's, it's pretty solid. It's not the most um, high budget film out there, but it uses its budget well and the use of a limited cast of about eight or nine characters uh, with obviously Naomi playing seven characters uh, it is so good and I, I really enjoyed all of the elements of this film being blended in together and you can go online and look at all of the artwork and obviously, obviously all of the visual elements within the film uh, and the colour palette use that they had and I, 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 I love I love this film and I really enjoyed watching this uh, in my spare time which is something that I really appreciate with films is being able to take you to a different place and escape from the reality that you're in so for example when I watched this film I was on the train which is a little bit boring so it took me away and took me to uh, a much different place and being able to question my ideologies and obviously what the characters did within and out of this film it makes you question and also makes you think about would I do the same thing would I do the same thing with my family would I want to do what some of the characters did within the film and I, I, I love I love those sorts of films okay well I'm really sorry this is going to be a bit of a shorter uh, episode because um, my hay fever is really bad but I really appreciate any of you staying to listen to the end of this podcast uh, I really appreciate it next week I promise you I'll be doing a little bit of a longer one because uh, this is a little short uh, but I really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to me um, talk about these two films. As I said, I've been James Eatwell. You've been listening to Infinity Cast and Spotify and YouTube. And I'll be seeing you next week, uh, same time, about five o'clock on a Friday. Thank you.